Welcome to the Connecting Place podcast. Here is Pastor Joe Caminetti. I have the privilege today of opening up uh, the final lesson in the series, The Generous Life, uh, a deeper look at money. And if you're visiting today, I'm so excited you're here. And uh, my encouragement to you is if you're new in the things of God, it's just to listen and, uh, and then judge after I'm done what you think. And, and uh, you'll see where my heart's coming from. And we're going to have a great time in this message today. Now, what I do with my messages, I didn't do this in the beginning. When I started the church for about the first 25 years, uh, my attitude was, I'm the, you know, I'm the man of God, God gives me a message, and nobody can speak into that. I, you know, I'm, I'm the holy man of God. And it wasn't haughty, although it sounds very haughty. Um, it, it was just what I was taught. It was how I was brought up. And, and, uh, and I realize I am called of God, and I do have a gift. I understand all that. But now the last several years, uh, I keep refining it, but one, I'm usually five to six weeks ahead in my, my notes, and, and uh, then I take them out several weeks before, and I go through them uh, with my wife and my son, Joe Jr., and we sit in my office, and they have a set of my notes, and I have a set, and I go through, and I tell them, this is what I'm going to teach, and I just go through line upon line, and uh, what I want them to do is, my wife's really good at asking or telling me, uh, saying, you're, you're, not, you're not hitting this group in the room. You're not hitting this group. You need a story for this group. And it really helps me because I'll miss things like that. And then um, my son Joseph is also very creative with words and phrasing, so he'll help there. But they'll also challenge me at times saying, I don't know if you're bringing this out the best way. And it's just a great time uh, because, you know, I've gotten used to it. At first, it was a struggle for me. Well, when I was putting this lesson together, I have lesson number four, and I'm going through it, and I get to one section, and, and my wife just looked at me, and she said, you know what, Joe, I, I don't agree with you on that, and, and I don't think you're bringing that out correctly, and I'm like, doesn't the Bible teach you should submit and um, <laughs> listen to me? I don't understand this, man. You're rebelling, and, uh, and, but no, I didn't say that, but she spoke that, and then what well, what made it even tougher is my son agreed with her, and Joe Jr. goes, Dad, I have to agree with Mom. I have to agree with Mom. And, and, uh, and so we have this 20-minute conversation, and they tore my lesson apart. I mean, I, I had to redo the lesson the next day. They just said, this isn't good. That's not good. You're not hitting this. But they challenged me on something, and I literally had to change my thinking. And I'll tell you what happened there uh, when we get to that section in, in the lesson. So I'll tell you the exact details in a little bit. But I really believe God put his fingerprint on this lesson. I really believe it's a very special lesson that will bless and, and help your life. Now, if you haven't been here for the uh, first three lessons, they are available for free on the website. They're also on our app. We actually have two years worth of lessons on our app. And I'll tell you a really cool story. These things really excite me. Um, we have, uh, I talked to two guys, they don't know each other, these two guys don't know each other, they're both in their early 30s, and they're both new here at Believers, so they're brand new uh, members or attenders here at Believers, and they both, I was having conversations with them, and they both told me, we listened to all two years worth of your, your messages on the app, and, and they're telling me stories that I've told in those messages, and it's absolutely amazing, and it blew my mind, here's why it blows my mind, uh, 
it's feeding them and it's blessing their lives. And I want to encourage you to take advantage just like those guys have taken advantage. It will change you forever to listen to the word of God. And I believe what I'm saying is something significant and can change a life. So I want you to walk out of here today remembering this. When you give God your first and best, he'll bless and protect the rest. This is a powerful truth in the Bible. It's called uh, the truth of uh, giving God your best, giving God your first. It's also referring to the tithe, and we're going to be talking about the tithe today. And in the Bible, the tithe means to give God a tenth of your income or a tenth of your business profits after, you know, you see what your profits are at the end of the year. And for those of you that are brand new Christians or you're visiting today, uh, you've never heard about tithing again, the first time I heard about it, my jaw dropped and I was mad at the pastor of that church because he had a nicer card than I did. And uh, I was like, I'm not going to give a tithe to this guy and I'm not going to teach this to this or give this to this guy when he's living better than I am. So I realized when you hear it the first time, man, it's tough. And I know a lesson like this and a subject like this, you know, if you hear it for the first time, you're not going to just probably jump into it. You have to process. Isn't that true with everything in God? So I encourage you to process. I encourage you to think it through. For some of you, you've been here uh, forever. You are tithers. And you know why I'm teaching this for you? I want to build your faith so that you um, can connect more faith every time you tithe and expect God to do what he's promised. And for those of you that have been here forever and maybe you're still not convinced or maybe you just haven't heard the right message, you know God, you know about tithing. I'm believing today's going to be the day you, you decide to put God to the test. and He's going to change you forever. So uh, I'm going to go into some Old Testament scriptures on tithing, and uh, uh, some of them are going to be out of the law. Uh, we call it the law of Moses. And for those of you that know the Bible, you know we're no longer under the law. And I agree with that. And I've had people tell me I don't have to tithe because I'm not under the law. Now, I don't agree with that. I agree we're not under the law, but Tithing actually began in the Bible 500 years before the law was given to Moses. So God gave Moses the law. The law went on for about 1,600 years. When Jesus came, the law ended and Christianity began. So for about 1,600 years, the law of Moses was enforced. So 500 years before the law, Abraham tied to Melchizedek, the priest of God, which means somebody had to teach him about tithing. And there was no Bible, so there was no Bible that he could read. But we know God appeared to Abraham many times and actually spoke to him. And he pulled him up from being a heathen to being a follower of God. And God had to teach him. And when he saw Melchizedek, the Bible says he gave him a tenth of all. And then his son Isaac tithed, and then his son Jacob tithed. And we see tithing 500 years before the law. Now here's what I love about the law. In the law, everything is documented. I like that. It gives all details. So I've learned so much studying different subjects in the law. But sometimes Christians will say, Pastor Joe, we're no longer under law, uh, so I don't, I don't have to tithe anymore. That was in the law. But they don't, they don't realize it was before the law. But let me tell you some other things that were in the law real quick. Um, uh, before the law that God taught us, he did it with Cain and Abel. He taught us not to murder. Do you remember the story of Cain and Abel? Now, that's actually a tithing story, and it, it's, it's no doubt about it, it's a tithing story, because here's what happened. Um, Abel was a shepherd, and he had, he had flocks, and he took the best of his flock, and he brought it to God as an offering. Cain was a farmer, and he took some crops. The Bible just says he took some everyday scrappy crops, and he brought them to God as an offering, and here's what the Bible says. God did not accept Cain's offering, but he accepted Abel's. And Cain became so evil that he murdered his brother 
Abel. And that's when we found out that murder is against the law of God. So God included murder in the law. But Jesus came along and Jesus let us know that we're not to murder even though we're not under the law, right? And Jesus said, you have heard that it's been written that uh, you shall not murder, but I say unto you that if you hate your brother, you've committed murder in your heart. So Jesus always took the law and what was in it, the commands, he always made them deeper and took them further. Um, Jesus said, you have heard that it's been said you shall not commit adultery. That was in the law of Moses. But I say unto you that if you look at a woman to lust after her, that doesn't mean that you realize someone's attractive. That means that you get into the pornography, the fantasizing type thing. That's what the word lust means. He says you've already committed adultery in your heart. So not only are we not to commit adultery physically, now Jesus takes it deeper. And he's done the same thing with tithing. Somebody had to teach Cain and Abel to tithe, by the way. It had to be God. And he didn't receive Cain's offering because Cain didn't give him his first. He didn't give him his best. But now I'll have Christians tell me sometimes, Pastor Joe, we're no longer under the law. I just, I give by the Holy Spirit. I follow the Spirit. And I've never met a person that follows the Spirit that gives. And because uh, that's an excuse, guys. It's a huge excuse. And, and never, ever met anybody that gives. And, and so here's what God's saying to us. It's really important for you and I to understand it, that tithing was before the law, tithing's in the law. Jesus talked about tithing. Not only did Jesus talk about tithing, but uh, Paul also talked about tithing, and he said that's how the church is to be financed. And so tithing is something God initiated, and God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And tithing's as much New Testament as it is Old Testament. And that's what I want to help you see today, that there's this law called first, and if we give God our first and our best, then he will take what's left, and he will bless it, and he will protect it. And that's what tithing is all about. So I'm going to open up in Malachi chapter 3, and we're going to read uh, an incredible verse here, and it's a strong verse, so get ready for a strong verse. Verse 8, it says, will a man rob God? Now, can you imagine if these are Jewish people, they're backslidden, so God's dealing with them in a bunch of areas where they're failing, and he starts out by saying, will a man rob God? And can we all agree their answer was, are you kidding? <laughs> I'm not going to pull out a gun and say, stick him up, God. I'm not going to rob something from the sanctuary. Are you kidding? And then God says, yet you rob me. So they're saying, are you kidding? No, God. And he says, no, no, you're, you're robbing from me. So they're like confused. And he says, but you ask, how do we rob you? And the Bible goes on to say, in tithes and in offerings. This is a strong statement. And I've heard preachers preach it a little, just, just a little bit. They go too far with it, a little too condemning, but it's still there and it's true. And I want you to start to think about this. If God said the tithe belongs to him, if he said it's his and we don't give it to him, that's what he's talking about. He's saying to these guys, I taught you that it belongs to me and you're keeping it for yourself. So he's saying the tithe is mine. And again, I don't believe any Christian in their right mind would ever steal anything from God. We'd have to be crazy. And, and uh, I don't think people, I don't think Christians don't tithe because they don't love God. If you're a Christian and you're not tithing, I'll, I'll tell you why you don't tithe. You're fearful. And I want to help that fear leave you because, and I did that last week in the lesson I preached last week. I know you love God. It's not an issue, do you love God? I'm, I know you love God. Uh, that's why you're in church. I mean, why did you get up today 
And I mean, wouldn't it have been fun to sleep in and uh, be home eating a donut or something and drinking coffee? Wasn't it work, for those of you that have kids, wasn't it work to get here? You love God, and that's not in question. But what I noticed with tithing is it's a, it's a fear issue, and, and, and that's why you teach on it, to help people overcome the fear, because uh, the last thing the enemy wants is for you to have God's blessing and protection on your finance. And I think the thing you and I need the most in the time in which we're living is God's blessing and God's protection. We don't know where this world's going, but we know where God's going. He's not changing. He never changes. And we know he's the God that blesses and he's the God that protects. And I, I'm try, trying to remember to say this in every ser uh, service. So I, wanna, I just remembered it, so I'm going to say it. These thoughts pop in. I think they're God. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> I want us to say this to you. <laughs> is it me or is it God? I don't know what you give. I don't know what anybody gives in the church. I see totals. So I know how much comes in a month. I know how much comes in a year. I have no idea what you're giving. And as I teach this, I might look at you, because I like to make eye contact. I don't know if you tithe or not. I'm assuming every one of you are tithers, okay? So don't sit there thinking, oh, no, he, he knows I don't, because I don't know, and I don't want to know. I want to look at you with a different set of eyes, and I don't want that to be an issue. I'm teaching this to help you change your life in the area of finances. So God says it's mine. And I want to show you uh, how that's recorded in the Bible. Take a look at this in Leviticus. And, and it reads like this, Leviticus 27, verses 30 and 32. He says, a tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain or fruit, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. This, this is a farming society, so he's using their terminology. And then listen to verse 32. The Lord also owns every tenth animal counted off from your herds and flocks. They are to be set apart to him as holy. And he's establishing, he's giving us details on the tithe. So I want you to notice something. He says a tenth of all their produce, that would be what they did to make money. He says it belongs to the Lord. So he's saying it's not ours. He's saying the first tenth belongs to him. And then he says, one out of ten of the herd belongs to me. He says, count them off. And I think this is fascinating, and the Bible deals with this, actually. If the tenth one is your stud, it's like the best breeder you have, that's what you have to tithe. And, and they were always tempted to say, God, this one's kind of was born deformed. I'm going to give you this one. And God's saying, no, I want your first, and I want your, your best. And so that's why Malachi says, you're robbing from me, because he has declared that the first tenth belongs to him. That's what the tithe means. And then he said this, which is fascinating. In both verses, he says, it is set apart as holy. And the word holy, the Hebrew word is kodesh. And kodesh simply means sacred, and it means consecrated to God. And so not only does he say it belongs to me, he says the tithe is actually holy. That, that's an interesting, he says it's sacred. And, and so, you know, myself, I give electronically. Uh, so if the bucket goes by, you won't see me put money in because I do everything electronically. If I want to give an extra offering, I just get on my phone and send, send money. So I do everything electronically. It's more convenient. It's, it's just a better way. It keeps track of everything for me. I'll keep using it until they want a chip in my hand. Then I might say, ah, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to do the chip in my hand. But, but what I'm saying that for, guys, is when we do actually pray over the offering, I make it a holy time because 
I'm giving God something that he's called sacred. It's, it's a very precious time in my life, and, and, and I want you to see what the Bible teaches. We're taking something that God says, I've, I called it mine, it's holy and sacred like I am, and he's wanting you and I to see it for what it is. So I want to help you see what this word kodesh means in just some other scenarios. The first one is when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Remember, Moses sees a burning bush, and the bush is not consumed, and it's blowing Moses' mind. And he, he doesn't smell any burning. He doesn't smell wood burning. The, the bush doesn't change. And then he realizes it's the glory of God, and he's standing there talking to God. And here's what God said to Moses in Exodus 3, 5. He said, do not come any closer, God told him. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on, same word, Kodesh ground. And he says, this ground is holy and it's sacred. Why is it holy and sacred? Because God's there. Heaven and God's throne is called Kodesh. It's holy and sacred. And God says the tithe is holy and sacred. Why? Because it belongs to him. It's his. It's this, this very holy, consecrated, sacred thing. Now, I'm going to show you another example, and I want to set it up. God told the children of Israel after they came out of Egypt, remember they wandered in the desert for 40 years and that generation that was disobedient passed away. And now Joshua is the leader, Moses died. And God told Joshua, when you go across the Jordan into the promised land, they had to fight for, for that land. They had to fight every city. He said the first city, it was the first city. They couldn't get into the land without going through this city. It was Jericho. Now Jericho was the biggest, the nicest, the best city and it was the best city in Canaan, the, land, the, the promised land. And it was a walled city. And historians tell us that the walls were so thick that they could have chariot races around the walls. That's, that's amazing. Israel's army could not penetrate the walls. So they could not beat Jericho. So what God did is had him march around. You guys know the story. And then God caused the walls to collapse and come down. And they were able to defeat that city. But here's what God said about that city. He said, the entire city is Kodesh. Here's what he said, it's my tithe. God wants our first and our best. He said, I want the first city to be a tithe. And look at what he said about all the gold and silver and the great things in there. He said this, Joshua 6, 19, everything made from silver, gold, bronze, or iron is Kodesh to the Lord and must be brought into his treasury. That would be the church of that day, brought into the temple. And, and so God says, I want one city, the first city, the best city to be a tithe unto me. And we see tithing right there going into the promised land. Now, here's what God also said, guys. This is pretty cool. He also said, every city after this, you can have houses you didn't build. It's actually in the Bible. He said, you can have houses you didn't build when you defeat that city. He said, you can have all their money, all their treasures, all their cattle. You can have everything that they have, but I want every, every animal sacrificed unto me I want all the gold and silver brought to, to the... And he said, anyone that ever tries to build a city on top of this city, he says their firstborn will die. And God, God commanded that that city be a tithe for all times to him. And that's what we call the tithe, or God wants the first. And we see the example. I'm using it also just so you see Kodesh. He said it's Kodesh. Well, then there was this guy, and let me just read the verse to you. It's, it's in Joshua 7, 1, and it says, but... Israel was unfaithful concerning the things set apart for the Lord, and a man named Achan had stolen some of these things, so the Lord was very angry with the Israelites. And think about Achan. All he had to do is wait for the next city, 
And he could have taken everything he wanted. I mean, it's not like God wasn't going to bless him. When we give God our first and our best, God blesses and protects the rest. But now there's another city close by. It's Ai, and it's a rinky-dink little city. So Joshua says, just send a couple thousand men up there. I'm not even going to go. And he stays back. They send a couple thousand army guys up there. And the army of Ai routed them. And they killed some of the Israelis. When, when they fought Jericho, none of them died. Some of them died in, with this little town. And the Israeli soldiers are running back and they're screaming. And Ai's chasing them going, yeah. And when they got back to the camp, Ai went back to their city. Joshua's blown away and he's mad at God. He's saying to God, you forsook us. You promised you would go before us, be with us, be behind us. I can't believe you forsook us. You helped us with Jericho. Now you're letting us down with Ai. And he's complaining and he's saying, God, why did you forsake us? And then God said this, Joshua 7, 10 and 11. But the Lord said to Joshua, get up. Why are you lying on your face like this? Israel has sinned and broken my covenant. What covenant? It, it, he's not referring to the law. What covenant did they break? They broke the covenant of the tithe. He said, I want this city. I want the first and the best. And he goes on and says, they have stolen the things that I commanded to be set apart for me, Kodesh, and they have not only stolen them, they have also lied about it and hidden the things among their belongings. And they, they made it right. Achan had to pay for what he did. They went back to Ai and they, they destroyed Ai. And they went from city to city and destroyed it. They had God's blessing, God's protection. So when God says the tithe belongs to me, I, I want to make sure as a pastor I'm as sincere as I can be and I'm, I'm always trying to be as pure as I can be. I only teach what I believe. If I don't believe it, I won't teach it. And what I want to help make sure you understand is this thing tithing isn't an afterthought. It's in the Bible from cover to cover. It's serious. And for those of us that tithe, we have watched God bless our lives. We have watched God do things for us that it's just we shake our head. The 90% goes further than the 100. Favors there. Things last longer. God's protection is on everything we have. That's the blessing of God. So come back with me now to Malachi 3.9. Here, here's the verse my wife and Joe challenged me on. Are you ready for the rest of that story? It, it says, you are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. So in my notes originally, which it was a totally different message. I rearranged everything, took some things out, added some things. But the message notes we were going over, when I came to this verse, you know, I, I always go to Galatians 3 where it says we're redeemed from the curse of the law for Christ has become a curse for us and we're no longer under the curse that the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. And so I took the curse of the law to be this curse and so I, I was not able to teach this that we're under the curse because I would say, well, we're not under the curse. I can't say we're under the curse. I have to be real. I mean, we're not under it. And, and, and my son looks at me and says, Dad, you've taught me the tithe from the time I was a, a little boy. And here's what I did with my kids. When they were like three, four years old, when they had cash for their birthdays, I'd sit them down and I'd say, now, uh, we're, we're going to give a tithe to God. And I'd take a tenth out. We'd put it in an envelope. And I'd say, when you go to children's church, put this in the basket when they receive offerings. When they had their first jobs, I would take their checks, get the cash, and I'd say, now guys, we got to give a tenth to God. And I taught them how to tithe. And my son Joseph looked at me and said, Dad, you've taught me to tithe my whole life. I've been tithing now. I tithe as a, a father of two kids. He says, I believe in it, and you're making it look like it's optional. I said, well, I don't believe it's optional. 
He said, but you, you, you're saying it is without saying it. He says, because you're, you're skirting around this verse. And he's, and he's challenging me. And then my wife chimes in and says, I agree with Joe. And, uh, and so she's coming at me. And, and I'm like, all right, guys, all right. I'm hearing what you're saying. I realize I'm not infallible. So I'm going to take my notes. And I'm going to get up tomorrow. Friday is my study day. This was a Thursday. And I'm going to redo these. And I'm going to ask God to help me. And I, and I said, I can't promise you anything. Because if I don't see what you're saying, I can't teach it unless I see it. And they were fine with that, but they challenged me. So I get up the next morning, and I'm going over the notes, and, uh, and, and I'm just saying, God, I'm stuck on this. I'm redeemed from the curse of the law. So it's hard for me to teach we're under a curse if we're redeemed from the curse of the law. I'm saying, God, you understand, right? We're under a curse. How can I say we're cursed if we're, not, if we're redeemed from the curse? You said we're redeemed over here, so how can I say we're under the curse here? And God is so good. He was nice. And, and he said, Joe, you're wrong. <laughs> but he was nice. Later on, and you know, when God, when I say he spoke to me, it wasn't through these ears. I wasn't having cappuccino. I say, hey, how you been, Jesus? Um, <laughs> he speaks to our hearts, guys. It's our hearts. And he does it different with all of us, you know. And it's like almost bubbling up in my head. I'm hearing these thoughts from the Spirit of God. And, and uh, he said, you're wrong. I'm like, I don't believe I am. And, and I, I don't. I said, I said, look what you wrote in Galatians 13. Is this the Bible? And I'm trying to challenge God now. And I'm being honest. I'm being sincere. I'm not afraid of lightning bolts because I'm sincere. Like if you taught this here, how can you? He goes, you're wrong. He said, that's not the curse of the law. He said, the curse of the law, and this is what he spoke to my heart, is aggressive. He said, the curse of the law is things that run you down, pursue you, and jump on you. He said the curse of the law is sickness and disease. Everything recorded in the Bible and things that aren't recorded, it's them chasing you down and jumping on you. It's poverty chasing you down and jumping on you. It's you being taken a slave and captive by another nation and enslaved. He said that's the curse of the law. He said that's not the curse that they're under. And then he said this, and I, I heard it this way, and it's probably because it's filtered through me. He said... The curse is the next two verses, dummy. And sometimes God speaks to me that way. It doesn't offend me. I kind of appreciate it. So um, that's what I heard, dummy. And so he probably doesn't talk to you that way. So I want to go down to verse 10. You ready? It says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. These are the curse. This is the curse uh, that he's talking about. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and test me in this. Now, I want to stop here before I get to the next part and before I begin to open this up and just talk. This part of the verse is so cool. I want to talk about it. The storehouse would be the local church. Uh, God always has to tithe brought to the place where he's working in the earth. He works in places. So Malachi was a priest that was working for God. And here's what's so cool. You ready for this? The Levites were priests, and so the tithe was brought to them, and they were offering sacrifices for the sins of the people. But before God established the law, 500 years, and even before then, he raises up a priest that offers sacrifices for the sins of people. And Abraham gave a tithe to him to fund the work of God. Now the work of God is the local church. The local church is the most precious thing on planet Earth. Can we all agree that there's no perfect local church? Isn't that right? Um, we all have, have, you know, I've been in churches that weren't perfect. This church is not perfect, and I'll tell you why this church is not perfect. I'm leading it. And so it's... <laughs> 
it is far from perfect, guys. I am not perfect, guys. I have flaws. Uh, every church is not perfect, but can we agree that churches do incredible things? This church has brought people's family to Christ over and over again. It's brought tens of thousands to people to Christ in our 30-year history. Uh, churches are going to be the ones that win cities. God's working through churches. It's the most holy and precious thing on the planet. And that's why the enemy doesn't want people hooked up in local churches. He wants to keep you as far from a local church as he can. You cannot grow and be a mature Christian without being part of a community. And God's raised up this holy, sacred thing. And listen to what he says, that there might be food in my house. That, that, that means the people that work full-time for God can be paid. That means that the bills can be paid. And that's what the tithe does. So I want to show you what happens when people aren't taught how to tithe and when they're not taught how sacred it is. And then they're not blessed. And I'll talk about that curse in a moment. But they're not blessed. But we had, this year has been the worst winter ever. I know there's a devil because it only snows on weekends. And, uh, <laughs> and on a weekend, we get about 50%. Uh, we had three snow weekends where we had about 50% attendance. And our offerings were down about 50%. And uh, now here's the problem. The majority of people don't tithe in any church. The average amount of tithers in a church is 25% throughout America. And so the majority of people don't tithe. They give when they come. If they miss, they don't give. Uh, and so when we had these three weeks, 50% uh, less money came in. Now, if you add that up, that's a week and a half of offerings that we lost. So I set this budget on, on the offering. And now when people come back the week after they miss, they don't give double. They just put in what they were going to put in. And that causes the work of God to be really hard. And I don't know if you know this or not, but God and I are really tight. And if you put stress on my life by not giving, he gets upset. No, <laughs> you know I'm joking, right? That's a joke. It's kind of fun. But, but listen, listen. It's his house. It's, it's God's house. And, he, and, and when you tithe, you're saying, God, I'm going to fund the work. And so some of you might be sitting here saying, Pastor Joe, this is all new to me. Uh, I have to pray it through. I have to think it through. Can I challenge you to become consistent? To say, Lord, I'm going to give you 3%. I'm going I'm to give this every week, every month. Whether I miss or not, it's going to come in. God will begin to bless you for being faithful with his house like that. And when I began to tithe, I just, I just went 10%. My brother Jim, who's, who's uh, just more calculative than I, he thinks things through. He's an accountant, you know, type personality. Um, Jim started with 3%, and then he worked up to 5 and then he went to 10 So all of us are going to be a little different, but God blessed him so much, he just kept giving more. And so uh, I encourage you. And then did you notice it's set up in this verse, it says, test me with this? There, only one thing in the Bible we're told to test God with, and it's the tithe. And God says, test me. Put me to the test. And here's what he's saying. He says, I'll bless you if you put me to the test. So what's the curse they were under? It begins the second half of this verse, and it goes like this. It, it says, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. They had a closed heaven. And when heaven's closed, that means you're doing life, your finances by yourself. It doesn't mean God won't answer prayers in other areas. It doesn't mean God won't help you in other areas. It just means heaven's closed when it comes to your finances. Now, living in America, listen real careful. If you have a great education, if you have a great profession, uh, if, if you have a good job, uh, if you're an entrepreneur and you can start and run a business, um, you're going to be blessed whether God's helping you or not. 
I mean, atheists are blessed in America. You guys realize that, right? Um, but what the tithe does is it brings God, it releases him to bless you beyond your ability. And I've always needed God to help me way beyond my ability. But the, the heaven was closed. And then listen to this. That would mean no favor. Just deals weren't going through that could have went through. But listen to verse 11. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops and the vines in your fields will not cast their fruit, says the Lord Almighty. Again, a farming community. I gave it to you from some other translation. King James says it this way. I'll rebuke the devourer for your sake. The Message Bible says it this way. I will defend you. The New Living Test, uh, the translation, second edition says, I will guard you. And, and the curse is God doesn't protect you and heaven's not open on you. And God's saying to these, these Jewish people, you guys, heaven's closed you don't see my protection. You're losing things that you normally don't use. I'm not guarding your finances. And let's turn it around. The blessing of the tithe is heaven opens and God protects and he blesses the 90 to go further than the 100. Now, I did a video to help you understand this. Hi, I'm here in my kitchen with some incredible Valeria pizza and we're gonna talk about our income versus our bills, and I'd like you to look at this pizza pie as your income. This is what you have to work with, and all of us have expenses, and God wants us to be responsible. He wants us to pay uh, what we owe, so uh, here we are with a certain income, and then we have our house payment, and maybe it's bigger than you want it to be, but man, you're really enjoying that house that you're living in. And then we have food, and uh, we have to eat, so we, we cut out that expense in our budget. There goes the food expense. Then we have our car payment and maintenance and insurance, and maybe we shouldn't have bought such a nice car, but we really look good in it. So uh, we have that that we have to pay, we have to cut out. Then we have our consumer debt, uh, maybe some school loans maybe credit cards, maybe we bought a couple things we shouldn't have, but we just felt like we had to have them. Now we're being responsible and making those payments. Then we have, after that, our kids. And they can be really expensive little burgers. I remember when our kids were babies and I start buying the diapers, I remember thinking, oh my goodness, these pampers are so expensive. Then I found out as they became older that their jeans and uh, their lessons and everything else were even more expensive, but we had them. We need to take care of them. So there's our kids. And then we have to take care of our phone, and our computer, the internet. We have to live in uh, this century that we're in. So we take care of that and we pay that bill. Then we have entertainment and go out to eat, go to some restaurants, catch a show, do a vacation. And that's something that we need to take care of. And then if we're smart, we make sure that we put away some for the future. So we have our retirement and we're setting that aside. And then typically we come to church, we love God, we're Christians. And here we are in church and we, we paid everything and we take what's left. And a lot of times it's kind of scrappy and, and we give that to God and we say to God, God, that's all I have left. Now in the Bible, God's asking us to do something totally different. He's asking us to take a step of faith. And God's saying, I want you to put me first, and, and I want you 
to make me the most important thing of your, in your life. So God's asking us to take a tenth, a tithe. And he says, I want you to take that out of your pie first. I want you to give that to me. So God's asking us to take the tithe and give it to him first. Now, we begin to think about this, and we look at the 90%, and then we remember the 100%, and the 90 doesn't seem like it can go as far as the 100, but here's what God says. He says, if you put me first and give me the 10th, I will place my blessings, and I will place my protection on the 90, and I'll cause this 90% to go further than 100%. Now, if we look at this with our normal eyes, it's impossible for the 90 to go further than the 100. But of course, when God becomes involved, God says, no, I will bless this 90 and I will cause it to go further. And not only that, the 100's not protected. And so something can come up that steals a piece of it. But God's saying, you give me the 10, and the 90 will go way further. And that's what I want to bring across today in this message. When you give God your first and your best, He will bless and protect the rest. My desire today, uh, as we continue in this lesson, is to help you understand this incredible truth. Go get some Valeria pizza afterwards, eh? All right. I want to close with one section of Scripture. You guys ready? Um, you know how Abraham brought Malachi the tithe. Listen to Hebrews 7, verses 6 and 7. It says, This man, Melchizedek, however, did not trace his descendants from Levi, and yet he collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises. And without a doubt, the lesser person is blessed by the greater. So Melchizedek was a priest of the Most High. He was a type of Christ. And here's the verse I want to close with, verse 8. It says, in one case, the tenth is collected by men who die. That would be the Old Testament priest or a pastor. But in the other case, by him, that's Jesus, who is declared to be living. And I love the way the King James Bible puts this. And here, men that die receives the tithe, but there he receiveth them. That's in heaven. Jesus receives our tithe. And it says, of whom it is witness that he liveth. And I share this because... I've known this for years, but when I was preparing this lesson, God really touched my heart in many different ways. And so I, I see here that giving is like worship. It, Jesus actually receives our tithes and our offerings, and it's not just going in a bucket. And if you just see it as going in a bucket, you're missing out on the greatest part of this blessing. It, Jesus is actually receiving it in heaven. Men might receive it here. It might be used by the local church here. But in heaven, Jesus is receiving it. And as I got to thinking about this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to change worship a little bit here in, in a good way. We always do four worship songs, and today was absolutely incredible, the worship. And we always do four songs. But after the third song, I'm going to get up, and I'm going to just receive the tithes and offerings. As, and it's going to be quick and simple, but we're going to make it part of our worship. And then we're going to sing our fourth song, and then the MC will come up and just say the necessary things that they need to say to greet. But I, I'm so touched and impacted by this, and I want to help all of us just begin to worship God with our giving because the Bible says Jesus is receiving it up in heaven. So the next time you give, whatever amount it is, I want you to see 
that Jesus himself is receiving that gift and you're honoring God with your gift. And that's absolutely powerful. So let's close our eyes and let's pray. Father, I've done my best to teach the Bible. I thank you for every precious person in this room. Lord, for some first timers, they're going to think about it. They're going to you know, process it. And I thank you for the Holy Spirit that helps them process it. And Lord, for others, uh, they're tithers. And I thank you for increasing their faith in this thing called tithing so they can receive a full heaven open and protection, Father, at the highest level. And Lord, for those that have been Christians a long time, this is, this is a day where they decide to test you. And Lord, right now, there are people all over this place making a commitment to you. They're saying, Lord, I'm going to test you. Lord, they're like the man that talked to me after first service. He's a brand new Christian. He got saved here a month ago. And I'm saying that for you guys. God knows that. But he came up to me and he said he was going to put $20 in the offering. And he just said to God, this is so wrong. Uh, you need to help me understand this thing called giving and tithing. And then he came up to me and said the message opened his eyes up and he made a commitment to test God today. Lord, a new Christian. Four, four weeks old, five weeks old. Lord, I thank you that as we make that decision, some are making the 3% to 5 They say, Lord, I'm going to take a step uh, and I'm going to test you with this and I want to work toward the tithe. Others are saying, Lord, I'm, I'm going to jump in like Pastor Joe did the first time and I'm going to begin to honor you. Lord, I thank you for these incredible people. And I'm going to give you just a few seconds. I call it a God moment to let you talk to God, let God talk to you just for a few seconds. Lord, I thank you for the Bible. I thank you for every precious soul in here. I thank you that you love us so much. You treat us like kids, and you confront us with truth. Thank you for confronting us with truth today, Lord God. Church, can we bow our heads, close our eyes, keep praying? If you're here and you're not sure of your eternity, the most important message in all the Bible is that Jesus came to save mankind. And you know, the Bible says every person ever born on planet Earth has sinned. And all of us have fallen short of God's standard. And that's why God sent his son Jesus to die for us. We're sin-stained because of Adam and Eve's sin. And of course, we have sin in our nature, so we, we sin. We do things we shouldn't. We say things we shouldn't. And that's why God sent Jesus. That's why he gave us the law, to, to show us that we couldn't do it on our own. And then Jesus came and fulfilled it and said, hey, I'm the sacrifice that fulfills it. And he fulfilled it for us. And the Bible says, whoever calls on his name, that God will save them. He'll wash their sins away. He'll give them eternal life. And that's what I want to give you a chance to do today. Listen real carefully. I'm not asking you this question. Here's what I'm not asking you. I'm not asking you if you belong to a church. I'm not asking you if you were water baptized. Those are great things as a child or an adult. All great things. No, no problem with any of them. Here's what I'm asking you. Can you re remember a time as an adult where you made it personal? where you said, Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. Jesus told guys like me and all Christians, go into all the world and share this good news, that whoever calls on my name, I'll save them. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Joe, I'm ready to call on the name of the Lord, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the building, would you help them? Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner. 
I repent for all my sins. And this day, I give my heart to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you died for my sins. God raised you from the dead. And today, I decide to follow you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Connecting Place podcast. For more information about Believers Church, visit believers.cc.